0: Hey there, Bible Center family. It's so great to have you here, whether you're tuning in online or on TV. uh, Thank you so much for worshiping and journeying with us. If you're new here, I'm Matt Friend, the lead pastor. I would love to meet you soon. Hopefully our paths can cross uh, very soon here after the first of the year. I want to be one of the first to wish you a happy new year. If you're watching this uh, prior to new year, if you're watching this after new year, I still want to wish you a happy new year. As we think through that phrase, Happy New Year, it reminds me of something that I know to be true about you. I know it's true about you because it's also true about me. And that is, since the beginning of time, men and women have desired to be happy. There's something in us that desires happiness. Several hundred years before Jesus, Aristotle wrote this. Happiness then is something final and self-sufficient and is the end of action. Several hundred years after Jesus, Augustine wrote this. Every man, whatever his condition, desires to be happy. The great French philosopher and mathematician Blaise Pascal writes this. All people seek happiness. This is something, this is without exception. I think about Thomas Manton. Thomas Manton was the English Puritan and chaplain to Oliver Cromwell. Manton said, It is as natural for the reasonable creature to desire to be happy as it is for the fire to burn. There was the Anglican bishop, J.C. Ryle, who wrote this, Happiness is what all mankind want to obtain. The desire for it is deeply planted in the human heart. And then Anne Frank wrote this in her diary as a teenager, a a, a victim of the Holocaust. She said, we all live with the objective of being happy. Our lives are all different and yet the same. Now in today's message, I want to clear up two misconceptions about happiness. Here's the first one that I want to clear up. It's sinful, some say, or it's selfish, they say, to desire happiness. Now think about that for a minute. Do you think that statement is true or false? Well, though our desires have certainly been corrupted by Adam and Eve's sin and our own sinful nature, I agree with that. Way down deep, we don't seek happiness because we're sinners, but we seek happiness because we're humans. God wired his image bearers with a desire for happiness long before sin entered the world. In other words, the fall didn't generate a human longing for happiness. It simply derailed it or it misdirected it. But God put it in Adam and Eve before their sin to have a desire for happiness. There's another misconception I want to clear up and it's this, God didn't call you to be happy, he called you to be holy. God didn't call you to be happy, he called you to be holy. Now I know what people who say that are trying to communicate and I really believe that if they communicate it in a different way then I am totally in agreement. Of course, if we're defining happiness as just simply mere satisfaction with our circumstances, certainly holiness trumps that kind of happiness. But that statement by itself is as illogical as it would be for me to say, God didn't call you to be merciful, he called you to be forgiving. That statement doesn't make sense. God actually has called and invites you to be both merciful and forgiving. Just like we're going to find out in Psalm 1, God calls you to be holy and happy in the biblical sense of the word. So what is happiness and how do we obtain it? What is happiness and how do we obtain it? That's what I'm going to answer in today's message. Today's message is entitled, How to Have a Happy New Year, and we're going to go through the verses, the six short verses of Psalm 1. I want to say at the beginning of this message that I really, really want happiness for you. I do. I want happiness for my wife. I want happiness for my three children. I want happiness for my co workers, for my friends, for my family. I want happiness for myself. But we must look at God's word and find out what it is and how we get it in the coming year. Let's look at Psalm 1 together. Psalm 1 says, Blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers, but whose delight is in the law of the Lord and whom meditates on his law day and night. That person is like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in season, and whose leaf does not wither, whatever they do, prospers. Now, verse 4 Not so with the wicked, they are like chaff that the wind blows away. Therefore, the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. Now, right at the outset of the message, I'll go ahead and give you the big idea, and then we're going to see it when we dive into the text. Here's today's big idea. Meditating on the Bible is the key to a happy new year. Meditating on the Bible is the key to a happy new year. Psalm 1, this short psalm, compares two people. It compares the happy or the blessed person with the unhappy or the unblessed person. Telling a story that compares two people or two ideas is common in literature. Robert Frost used the idea in his poem, The Road Not Taken. He writes, Two roads diverged in a wood and I, I took the one less traveled by. Jesus used the idea of comparisons, comparing two things, often in his Sermon on the Mount, in the Gospel of Matthew. In that one sermon, Jesus compares two gates, two roads, two trees, two houses, and two foundations. Now, the comparison of the two people can be very easily seen, if you're taking notes, can be very easily seen in the way the psalm is put together. You see, Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 actually mirror Psalm 1 verses 4 through 6. I like to describe this psalm kind of like a piece of paper that you could fold over in the middle. So Psalm 1 verses 1 through 3 would be here. Verses 4, 5, and 6 would be here. With verses 1 and 2 to get very specific, verses 1 and 2 actually mirror verses 5 and 6. And then verse 3 would mirror verse 4. It's beautiful poetry, the way it's put together. But let's look at first this top half. Let's look at the blessed individual. Back in verse 1, Psalm one says, Blessed or blessed is the one who does not walk in step with the wicked or stand in the way that sinners take or sit in the company of mockers. I'll ask you, what comes to your mind when you hear the word Blessed. Blessed. Depending on your religious background or your religious upbringing, it could conjure up all sorts of religious images. But many Bible translations, in the English language anyway, translate this word happy. Happy. And actually, I don't think that's a bad translation as long as we define it. The Hebrew word for blessed or happy refers not to superficial or circumstantial happiness, It's not plastic, it's not fake happiness that pretends that pain doesn't exist. It's not the power of positive thinking that tells you to simply look on the sunny side of life. This isn't a name-it-and-claim-it happiness or a prosperity gospel promising health and wealth and success if only you muster up enough faith. This is not a don't-worry-be-happy kind of happiness that ignores human suffering. We see in the Bible, the book of Ecclesiastes says that there's a time to laugh and there's a time to cry. There's a time for peace and there's a time for war. We know that the shortest verse in the English Bible is that Jesus wept. When Jesus went to the cross, he experienced all kinds of physical agony, emotional agony, spiritual agony. And so to be close to God doesn't mean that we'll be agony-free or pain-free, but this is talking about something else. The word blessed refers to a deeper happiness that comes from finding our security in God alone. It refers to being content with God alone in the best of times or even in the worst of times. It refers to total fulfillment and spiritual satisfaction. If I were doing the translating, and I'm not a Bible translator, but I think the best word that we can use in our modern era for blessed would be flourishing. Flourishing is the person who does these things that we're about to read, that we're about to hear. Thomas Watson, the great Puritan preacher, wrote this. He, God, has no design upon us but to make us happy or flourishing. Who shouldn't be cheerful if not the people of God? C.H. Spurgeon, Charles Spurgeon, one of the the pastors of a large church in London, uh, he writes this. Those who are beloved of the Lord must be the most happy and joyful people to be found anywhere upon the face of God. The earth. And so we're talking about this inward flourishing, this inward happiness. How do we find it? What is it that God invites us to do? We're gonna see that here in verse number two. He says, whose delight is in the law of the Lord and who meditates on his law day and night? Practically speaking, how do we how do we become the blessed individual? How do we become the flourishing individual? Individual, we know that the work is of God, but what is our responsibility in this? Verse 2 answers the question We are called to meditate on His law, on His word, day and night. If you were to ask me, What is the secret ingredient to Christian growth? If you were to boil down Christian growth, what's one thing that we can do that will actually motivate and seep into every other area of life? I, every single time, I would say that it's meditating on God's Word. You see, when we meditate on God's Word, it, it seeps in and creates a prayer life naturally. Naturally. It changes our character from the inside out. It affects the actions that we take to bless others, to deny ourselves. All of this stems from meditating on the Word of God. When he says to delight in God's law... He's not talking about just a few verses in the Old Testament. Some people uh, refer to the Old Testament or the Ten Commandments as the law, and that would be perfectly acceptable in some contexts, but that's not what he's talking about here. He's not just saying, just meditate on the Ten Commandments. There are some places that refer to the law in the Bible as simply Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, Deuteronomy, the Pentateuch, the first five books of the Bible. I don't think that's what the author is describing here either. But I think we could very easily use this word law broadly in the same way that Jesus used this word. Often Jesus used the word law to refer to the whole Bible, all of God's revelation. And so when we meditate on God's word, the entire Bible, it affects our entire lives. Meditating on the Bible is a key, is the key to a happy new year. Meditating on God's word is the key to spiritual formation. Meditating on the Bible is basic to spiritual formation. Our spiritual maturity is directly connected to how much we meditate on the Bible, now, when you think of the word meditate or meditating, you probably have some other images in your mind. I know I do. But this word in the Bible refers to simply repeating over and over again. To repeat something over and over again. So this isn't some type of transcendental meditation, but it's actually being very mindful. It's mindful meditation, being mindful of God's word, delighting in the word of God. Now I want to take a moment and just share with you my heart, something that, that burdens me as the pastor of this good, fine community. One thing that bur- burdens me, even though we are so blessed with great people, it's how many people in our congregation don't seem to be reading their Bibles. Now, I don't know who exactly who does and who doesn't, but it is concerning to me how little of us talk about what we're reading in the Bible and encouraging one another with the Scriptures. God bless those of you who are, but, but will you pray with me that God would take our love for the Word as a congregation to a whole new level in 2021? I want the people of Bible Center to be Bible-centered. I want the pastor of Bible Center to be more Bible-centered. I was thinking this week about how many years it's been since I've actually read through my Bible from cover to cover. I believe the last time I counted, I'd read through my Bible 13 times, but it's probably been almost 10 years since I've read through my Bible from cover to cover. I've been in ministry, I've been reading my Bible, I've been teaching and studying and preaching the Bible. But the Lord impressed upon me a couple months ago, and then it began to just seep out in our staff. We begin to, to sense this, this desire, this invitation of God for us to read through our Bibles in 2021. And I'm going to say more about that in a minute. But the goal for saturating our hearts and our minds with the Scriptures is so that we can meditate on the Scriptures. Meditating on the Bible is the key to a happy new year. Now, what happens when we meditate on the Scriptures? Verse 3 is going to tell us what happens. That person, I want this to be you, I want this to be me. That person will be like a tree planted by streams of water, which yields its fruit in its season, and whose leaf does not wither. Whatever they do, prospers. Here, God uses a tree to describe the man or woman who delights in his word, and he draws spiritual nourishment from it, like a tree draws nourishment from a stream. Meditating on God's Word gets us in contact with the water when all other water seems to be gone. Through meditation, we can grow even in times of drought. We can grow and and have this inner flourishing even when we're going through times of pain or grief or depression, death or anxiety. I like what Dale Carnegie wrote some years back. Dale Carnegie said this, he said, two men looked out from prison bars. One saw mud, the other saw stars. Now think about that quote in the two men. Their circumstances were the same. They had the same prison. They had the same bars. But what was different about the two men? It was their outlook. It was their perspective. And meditating on God's word, no matter if 2021 perished, the thought is worse than 2020. It will affect our, impact our outlook on life. Now in verses 4 through 6, he begins to talk about what it looks like for the person who is not blessed, who doesn't meditate on the word of God. He says, not so with the wicked. They are like chaff which the wind blows away. This idea of chaff, we don't use this word much anymore, but it's the husk of grain that's indigestible by humans. It refers to the shell or the pod or the wrapping of the grain. Wheat, oats, and barley all have husks that have to be blown away or they're separated from the parts that you and I eat. For an illustration that I can better understand, I think of like Texas Roadhouse or or Logan Steakhouse. When you, back before the pandemic, when you used to get the peanuts at the table, and I don't even know if they do it anymore, but you take the peanuts and you, you break them up and then you would blow the shells all over the floor. I can't imagine a world where that's ever going to be okay again. But think about blowing the peanut shells. That's what he's saying here in verse 4. Those who aren't centered on God, those whose lives aren't attuned to God are like the chaff are like the shells that the wind blows away. There's a hollowness to them. In verses 5 and 6, he says, Therefore the wicked will not stand in the judgment, nor sinners in the assembly of the righteous. For the Lord watches over the way of the righteous, but the way of the wicked leads to destruction. In verses 5 and 6, earlier I said that it parallels verses 1 and 2. Verses 5 and 6 say that one day God is going to separate the blessed from the unblessed, the flourishing from the unflourishing, the righteous from the unrighteous. But he says back in verses 1 and 2 that he invites us to do the separating first. He says the righteous will, will separate from those influences that are dragging them down, but will expose themselves, will connect themselves to the influences that build them up primarily to the word of God now like most of my sermons today's message is primarily for believers god has called me to feed the flock and in, but in every message i try to speak a word to those of you who maybe yet haven't put your faith in jesus And so if this is you, if you've not yet put your faith in Jesus and you're just dipping your toe in the water, trying to see what this Christianity thing is about or whether or not you want to become and declare yourself as a follower of Jesus, let me tell you about Jesus. What I love about Jesus in Psalm 1 is that he is the only one that was able to fulfill Psalm 1 perfectly. I haven't filled Psalm 1 perfectly. You haven't fulfilled Psalm 1 perfectly. The person sitting next to you there on the couch hasn't fulfilled Psalm 1 perfectly. But Jesus is the only one who has completely and perfectly separated himself from evil and lived a perfect life. Actually, Jesus is the only one who is truly delighted in God's law. We find in Mark chapter 1 that Jesus meditated in the morning. We find in Luke chapter 6 that he meditated in the evening. Back in the Psalms, David said, I delight to do your will, O God. Yea, your law is within my heart. However, David even proved to be somewhat hypocritical. David didn't delight in the word of God all the time, which is seen by some very poor decisions that David made. But thankfully, Jesus quoted David in Hebrews 10, 7-9. Essentially, in Hebrews 10, 7-9, by quoting David word for word, he is saying, I and I alone delight to do God's will. I and I alone have God's law written in my heart perfectly. Jesus likely had Psalm 1 in mind when he told the woman at the well, I am the water of life. On the cross, Jesus was so saturated with Scripture that even as he's hanging there dying, he quotes part of, or maybe even all, of Psalm 22. And there's a verse in Psalm 22 that says, I am poured out like water. When Jesus was dying on the cross, one of his last sayings recorded in Scripture was, I thirst." Now, he was talking, first of all, about physical thirst. As his body was dying, he was thirsty. But spiritually speaking, Jesus thirsted so we could have the water of life. Jesus died so that we could live. Jesus took the condemnation of the wrath of God so that we could have the freedom and the forgiveness and the love of God. And so wherever you are, wherever you're watching this message, listening to these words, I would encourage you to put your faith and trust in the Lord Jesus Christ. Commit your life to Christ. Because Jesus is worth it. I love what George Whitfield wrote about the decision to follow Jesus. This fits so perfectly with Psalm 1. He said, is it not everyone's privilege to be as happy as he can? Does Jesus want your heart only for the same end as the devil does? To make you miserable? No, he wants you to believe on him that you might be saved. Now, Christian friend, let me encourage you as we wrap up this message. My heart and my desire for you is that in 2021, you will meditate on God's word. I want to encourage you to read and meditate on the Bible in 2021. Think about the impact this would have on your, on your family, on your children, on your marriage, on your grandchildren, on your friends, on your coworkers, on fellow believers with whom you go to church. Think about the impact. Think about the change inside you have longed for for a long time. This is the answer to read and meditate on God's Word in 2021. I want to give you a tool today that makes it easy to do that. Actually, this is something we're going to do as an entire church in 2021, starting on January 1st. So set your clock, set your calendar. Uh, If you're watching this a few days after January 1st, you can easily catch up. We're going to go through the one-year chronological Bible together. It's not something you need to buy But if you have a phone, if you have a computer, you can go to the the Bible Center Church website. You'll see it right there on our homepage. If you go to the Bible Center app, you'll see it right there on the app. And I would encourage you, I'm going to sign up. I haven't yet signed up, but I'm going to sign up today for the going through the Bible in a year. Pastor Matt Garrison's going to lead us through this uh, with daily encouragements. I'm going to be posting to my social media about it. I want to hear from you each day what you're hearing, what you're reading, what you're listening to. And I want you to know you can do this. You can do this. Think about your bucket list. If it's not on your bucket list, put it on your bucket list to read through the Bible at least once in your lifetime. And imagine coming to the end of 2021 and being able to say, I read through God's Word. It only takes anywhere from 8 to 15 minutes a day. That's it. And it will change your life as you meditate on it throughout the day. Yesterday, I shot an interview with Pastor Matt Garrison about the one-year Bible plan. And so listen to this interview and be encouraged as we jump in together. Hey there, I'm here with our online pastor, Pastor Matt Garrison, a friend of mine, a man that's been here on staff well over 10 years. Uh, But Matt has just developed a passion for this uh, one-year chronological Bible to lead us through this as a church. And so I wanted to ask him some questions. We are socially distanced
1: here with the TV between us. But Matt, why did you pick the one-year chronological plan? So the one-year chronological Bible reading plan is a fascinating way for us to really get into God's Word because it actually covers the events as they're actually happening. Because if you were to read the Bible from cover to cover, you're gonna be reading, kind of get a, a flow, if you will, of a story, like, oh, this is great. and every, Next thing you know, it's, wait, where am I at? What's happening? Because it doesn't seem to make sense or you kind of get even further ahead, like, wait, I thought that happened way back here, but it seems like it's happening now. So it takes all of these events in scripture and puts them into the time frame of when they're actually happening. Like for instance, if you were to read about David and Bathsheba, and that whole account, and then Nathan coming to David and saying, hey, you are the man. You know, and when he begins to repent, you get like a few sentences of David repenting there. But then right after that, you have Psalm 51 of where David, that is his lament. That is his asking God to forgive him for that specific event.
0: I love it. I, I love it. I'm excited for it. I've never actually gone through this particular plan. And so you, you introduced me to it. And I've, you said you've gone through it or you know others mm-hmm. that have gone yes. through it. Yes, yes. So I wanted to ask, how can we jump into it? I I know it's convenient. I know it's easy.
1: um, But what ways can we sign up? Where do we go to participate? Absolutely. So the easiest thing for us to do is to go to the Bible Center app. So if you have not downloaded that yet, please do so on your mobile device, because that's where we're really going to be using a lot of this is on our, again, the Bible Center app. So go to your app store, type in Bible Center Church, search for it, discover it, and download that. Because on January 1, this is going to launch, and you're going to see an icon about reading through the Bible in 2021. You click on that, and what's going to take you right to the Bible reading plan. I love it. And so if you don't have the UVersion Bible app that's okay go to our app because if you don't have it it's gonna say hey do you want to download this the Bible UVersion Bible app. Yes I do. It'll install right there on your device and you are ready to go and you can jump in at any time. It looked like it actually can you. You can set it to send reminders.
0: It'll ask you to send daily reminders. I like that idea for me. Oh, well,
1: that's why we chose to go this route with the Version Bible app, is because it already has built in notifications, reminders, if you will, to, hey, to let you know that it's time to read God's Word, you know? And then as you're going through, as you're progressing through, it has little check marks that, hey, I, I checked off this day, I checked off this day, as well, to, again, to encourage you to keep pursuing God and reading His Word. I love that. But how long does it take each day, would you say? 365 days,
0: the entire Bible, how long does it take per day, would you estimate?
1: I estimate anywhere between 8 to 15 minutes a day. It takes me about 8 minutes. I'm kind of a faster reader. But even if you take 15 minutes out of your day, we have 1,440 minutes. I think 15 is okay. I totally agree. Absolutely.
0: Absolutely. We want this for you. You can do this. You can be successful at this. Uh, that's not even a whole show length. Uh, that's even just a part of a show. And so we want to encourage you and help any way I can. Um, Matt, When in terms of doing this as an entire church, uh, I know there's, this, there's this, going to be this uh, momentum. In what ways will we be able to encourage
1: one another? How can we help hold one another accountable? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, so imagine you have a whole army with you. Right, that we're doing this together. There's just something that just naturally creates momentum there that, man, I'm not the only one that's doing this. Like, there are many people that have the same goal as I do. And so, as we begin to share with our friends and social media and we're posting things, they get to see that, hey, we're reading God's word. Well, so am I. And so, hey, Whoa. what did you think about this? What did you think about that? And, well, this is, again, the chronological Bible, this is something, well, I didn't put these things together in the right, um, as the events were unfolding. Like, this is totally mind-blowing for some of us. And, again, that can help create that accountability as we tell others that, hey, I'm jumping in, I'm doing this, I wanted to get into God's Word all through 2021. And then we can ask each other, hey, how are you doing? I love that. How are you as uh, that as well. Now, if I
0: need to set my alarm for a certain time to make sure that I, I for me, I'm more of a morning reader, but if, mm-hmm. if I need to set my alarm, will you call me? If my alarm doesn't go off, will you come make my coffee just in case? Absolutely. Wow. wow. Absolutely. Okay. All right. I guess I'm there for you, man. I'm I guess totally that's totally there for you. Sounds good. Yes. Um, hey, paint a picture in all seriousness, paint a picture for us what it looks like for Matt Garrison. Uh, Matt Garrison, a, a humble dude, a family man. What's it look like for you? to read your Bible at home. Are you a morning reader, an evening reader? What's that look like?
1: Uh, really, I, I'm, I'm not a, uh, I have some routines, right? But a lot of times like life happens. Uh, we have a five-year-old and sometimes he wakes up before dawn and life happens and we're on. And so kind of that morning devotional time just isn't there and so I try to sneak away and get it in whenever that I can. But the beautiful thing about being on a mobile device is that you can read anywhere, anytime. That. So like today, as we're recording this today, I was stopped by two trains on Jefferson Two trains because traffic was heavy. It's the holiday, right? Shopping. Wow. So one came through, we kind of started going and then another one came through that's time right there. It's mobile. I got You know, my phone. Awesome. I could read while that's happening. So again, those are things that you can do at any time, include it into your morning routine and evening routine before bed, whatever. It's totally up to you and adaptable to you. I love it. What encouragement do you have for for everybody today? Whether they're at home, whether they're watching this at work, wherever they are, what encouragement do you have for them? This is something that we all can do, that it is achievable. You think reading the Bible 365 days this year, reading it, not essentially cover to cover, but reading the entire Bible in this time, that seems like an insurmountable task, but you can do it. We break it down all throughout the year. We're going to be talking about this, reminding you. We'll be going on our Facebook Live pages, talking about this, doing some devotionals from it. I'm sure we'll hear from you as well, Matt, throughout the year, certain times, talking about where we're at, what you're doing, what you're learning, and maybe even some of the sermon series, God will line them up to where it fits exactly what you're reading to that day and what we'll be sharing here. So it is so doable. You can do this. Would you please join us in 2021, starting the year right, continuing it the right way by getting into God's word each and every day with us. If you're watching this even a few days
0: after January 1, feel free to go ahead and jump into it. Uh, You can adjust the plan, easily catch up. It gives you a number of options. Um, But this is more than a New Year's resolution for me. Uh, I want this to even be a lifestyle change. It's been a number of years since I've read through the Bible from cover to cover. And so this is something God has just really, Matt, prompted in my heart. I'm looking forward to your accountability and you even shepherding me through this. I'm going to be right there on uh, social media, listening to some of the things that you post and posting things myself. And so I invite you to encourage me, and I'll do my best to encourage you. This is what I want for us this year. I want us to flourish I want us to do what God invites us to do in Psalm 1, to delight in the law of the Lord and in his law, meditate day and night. That's the key to blessing. That's the key to eternal happiness, not the superficial kind, but a deep inner joy. I can't promise you that 2021 is going to be any easier than 2020, but with the right perspective... And with the right focus on God's Word, we, we can say, like that song says, Though the mountains be moved into the sea, though the ground beneath us crumble and give way, I can hear my Father singing over me, it's gonna be okay. Let's hear the words of this song.
2: My heart is free. In a way I never thought it could My mind is racing With the question Are you still good? Can you make something From the wreckage? Would you take this heart and Make it whole again?